Welcome to the podcast, The Stories of Modern Kazakh Prose. In this podcast, we will be retelling selected stories from 20th century Kazakh literature, which was born out of and transformed the unique oral traditions that historically preserved Kazakhstan's rich heritage of images, narratives, and poems. Contemporary authors from Zhusebek Aymoutov and Magjan Zhumabayev to Mukhtar Awezov and Anwar Alimjanov, have created prose that defines the modern Kazakh nation. With this podcast, we hope to open up their world to a wider audience. The Scene of Sholpan Mahjan Shmobayev is one of the fathers of modern Kazakh literature. Born in 1893 to a wealthy family in North Kazakhstan, he became one of the co-founders of the reformist political movement Alashorda. Shmobayev was a highly educated intellectual with a wide-ranging interest who believed in the power of education. He spoke Arabic, Farsi and Turkish and translated such a prominent Western and Russian poets as Goethe and Lermontov into Kazakh. His first poetry collection, Sholpan, was written in Kazakh using Arabic script. Like many others, his life came to a premature end in 1938, in the midst of Stalin's purges. But his wife preserved his writings for more than two decades in hopes that his name would be restored. Her hopes came to fruition. In 1960, Marjan Jmobayev was posthumously rehabilitated by a military tribunal, and with that, his poems returned to the people. Today, we will talk about one of his short stories, The Scene of Chopin, written in 1933. Through Jmobayev mainly wrote poems, this story is a very significant part of his oeuvre, It centers on a young girl named Cholpan who strives to be happy in her marriage, but overwhelmed by her own thoughts and expectations, ultimately fails to do so. Cholpan, unlike thousands of Kazakh girls, married for love. Yet in the first years of her marriage, Sholpan prayed to God not to give her a child. Her husband, Sarsimbai, loved her madly. She cherished this love and did not want a child to come between them, destroying her happy life. Nor had Sarsimbai ever reproached him for not giving him children. One autumn evening, Sarsimbai went to a friend's home. As night fell, he watched his friend's three small children play. He thoroughly enjoyed watching their pranks and playing with them. Returning home late that night, Sersembai told his wife, who had been worried by his long absence, about the children and how much he had enjoyed playing with them. Chopin's heart sank. She was suddenly concerned that they did not have children. When their love inevitably cooled, children would be able to unite them, she thought to herself. That very night, 
Chopin began to pray to God for a child. Indeed, the young girl became obsessed with this thought. For some reason, she kept her desire for a child to herself, not mentioning it even to her husband. Sersimbai once, in passing, quoted the saying that a house without children is a grave. Inadvertently aggravating Chopin's torments, she embarked on the path of fate. She devoted herself to praying five times a day, turned to sorcerers and healers, and cried until she had no more tears. And still nothing happened. When all these efforts failed to produce a child, Chopin lost faith. She came to conclusions that God had no power to help her conceive a child. Instead, it was up to her. She needed to rekindle her relationship with her husband. Chopin became more passionate. Sersimbai, noticing these changes in his wife, was puzzled, but not knowing her true intentions, only chuckled affectionately at Chopin. This caused her great offense. The person dearest to her did not understand her. Years passed. Chopin's mind became confused, but she could not hold her obsessive thought about having a child. She began to question, why isn't Sarsimbai talking about children? Increasingly, Chopin came to suspect that Sarsimbai could not have children. Her all-encompassing love was shaken. In her soul, she now blamed Sarsimbai for all her troubles and misfortunes. But who can pull their shabby family longboat onto the shore of happiness? Of course Chopin. Chopin alone must do this, not only for herself but also for her husband. Chopin must give birth to a child. Even if she commits a sin deeper than the depths of the sea and higher than the highest of the mountains, she must do it. The Lord must give a gift a sin committed for a noble purpose. Yes, God is merciful. Will he forgive? God will forgive. But will people forgive? Not for nothing do the Kazakhs say. Even if you steal, but make wells. Even if you sin, but give birth to a child. May the one who invented this proverb be cursed. Damn him. Lord, forgive me. Only I ask for forgiveness from you. Chopin, shedding bitter tears, indulged in this sinful thought in the eighth year of her married life with Sarsenpai. Spring had come. Chopin sat sewing at her house, but her thoughts were miles away. She was tormented by an obsession. In her head, she was secretly auditioning candidates for the role of father of her child. 
immediately she thought, A servant won't do. He cannot father a strong personality. Then she thought of Azimbai, young, handsome, of noble birth. He was a distant relative of her husband. Suddenly, as if having heard Chopin's thought, Azimbai appeared and began to tease her, flirting as he usually did. Staring him in the eye, Chopin posed the question directly. Could he keep their secret? In sudden passion and delight, Azimbai almost kissed Chopin in front of everyone. That night, having dressed up, Azimbai came to Chopin. Chopin's heart screamed from deep shame, but she sinned. After the act, Chopin began to cry. She wanted to pour out her soul to Azimbai. She wanted to explain why she had done this. But Azimbai was not interested. He was only concerned with her body and did not notice her tears. He said that he wanted to come to Chopin a second time. Chopin wanted to refuse, but the desire to become a pregnant took over. She allowed him to come a second time. As expected, she became pregnant. The scene turned into a blessing. However, the tryst with Azimbai did not stop. A woman's soul is deeper than the sea. Sarsimbai is the husband, Azimbai is the father of a child. People began to gossip. Even her mother-in-law began to suspect something. Chopin was careless at first, but then she understood that the rumor could reach her beloved husband, Sarsimbai. Their relationship changed. Sarsimbai, who had once been loving and caring, became rude and violent. He swore at Chopin constantly and even once beat her for breaking some dishes. Filled with trepidation, Chopin silently waited for him to ask about her infidelity. She wanted to explain the motives for the actions, but Sersimbai remained silent. Once, when Sersimbai was away on one of his regular trips to the city, Azimbai stayed overnight at Chopin's home. Suddenly and unexpectedly, Sersimbai returned in the middle of the night. Chopin awoke in horror. She pinched Azimbai to woke him and he managed to escape, but not unnoticed. Indeed, Sersimbai saw Azimbai escaping. Furious, he turned to Chopin and began mercilessly beating her in the stomach. Chopin cried out that there was a child there. Sersimbai grew outraged and replied that he had not asked for this child. Hearing the uproar, the neighbors ran to Chopin's home. Seeing the scene, they joined her husband in hurling insults at his wife. Chopin was barely alive when Sersimbai declared that he had no longer wanted to live with her. Timur, a wandering pilgrim who stood nearby, intervened and offered that Chopin's sin could be washed away. At once, women to bring water which they used to douse Chopin. 
Chopin's life passed before her eyes. Here she braided in Sholpas into braids and enjoying the ringing sound, she moved her head again and again, backing her dower in the chest. Here she, after begging her mother, attends an all-girls party. Here is Arsene Weiss' first arrival, their first night. Here Hoja rolls his blue eyes, expelling evil spirits from her, as in Bai's black mustache. A woman, clutching teeth and muttering something, tipped a second bucket over her. Oh, Allah! Sholpan barely whispered. Whore, what do you care about Allah? One of the women exclaimed. Don't worry, my dear. It's all because of your use. May God give you peace of mind, said the second. Sholpan said not another word and had no more thoughts. Gradually, the blood in her body turned to ice and her consciousness faded until it disappeared completely. Sholpan's eyes seemed to close by themselves. The third bucket, the fourth, the fifth. For some time her body continued to tremble under the torrent of icy water, but eventually it lay still. Around noon the next day, Sholpan forcefully opened her eyes and whispered, Where's my child? Why won't this come and visit? With these words, she clung to the corner of the corpia, hugging it. Although her lips were barely moving, she clearly wanted to water something. Yet exhausted by this effort, she fell back and lost consciousness before succeeding. At sunset, Sulpan bade farewell to life. In the scene of Sholpan, Mohjan Jamabayev tells the story of a young woman who, out of love for her husband, becomes lost between honor, love, duty and infidelity. Unbeknownst to her, Chopin embarked on a futile struggle with God. People fade, with everything that is greater and more powerful than she is. Her defeat then is inevitable, even if there is an excuse for her attempts. Sinking into the abyss of dishonor, Chopin embarks on the path of the mother, high and divine. But her thoughtless striving for full existence, the romanticized family ideal, is deeply tragic. Throughout, Jamabayev masterfully conveys the deep psychological experiences that she has through, leading us to a pity and emphasize with the unfortunate Chopin. With this work, Marjan Jamabayev explores a fundamental philosophical and ethical problem the fatal loneliness of every individual, which is predetermined and impossible to overcome. It's foolish and selfish to look for something in another person to fill the void in our own existence. Chopin's story shows, loneliness is inevitable, 
as it existed before us and will continue to exist even when we are long gone. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Please stay subscribed to us on your favorite podcast platforms. This podcast is produced by the Abai Center at the George Washington University and sponsored by J.C. Altin Almas. Author and writer Dina Sabirova. Narrator Madina Moldagali. Actor Ilnur Bildanov. And engineer Eldar Kudaybergen. The executive producer of this podcast is Aitolkin Kurmanova.